Welcome to The Floss, the self-help show for people that probably don't need it. You can follow the show on Instagram at The Floss Pod or subscribe to us on Patreon at patreon.com slash The Floss Pod. If you do something that you think everyone should do or that nobody should do, email it to us at theflosspod at gmail.com. We might read it. My name is Gabe Gary, and welcome to The Floss. We got part two of Dwayne Duke's feature episode. Um, Dwayne is a touring comedian and a Cleveland native, and he's got a and he, he's also a show producer. During part one, he talked about how much he likes to travel, um, and we're about to get into part two. Before I ask him the big question, Dwayne, you got anything else to say? Um, I am a little teapot short and stout here's my handle and here's my spout all right (laughs) (laughs) i don't know something i have a lot to say what something else like what all right i'll ask the i'll ask the big question Dwayne. what is something you do or have done that you don't think anybody should do something that i do that i don't think anybody should do um clearly me damn (laughs) kidding 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 everyone should do me i'm 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 like cryptocurrency you don't know the value of it and i'm pretty sure it's gonna hurt your credit score if you do it but like go for it (laughs) uh the way i understood this question uh, a thing that i think people shouldn't do and i probably have probably have done this is i think you shouldn't you shouldn't stay in your in your hometown you shouldn't stay in the bubble that you grew up in um I have moved from Cleveland a number of times. I live in Cleveland now because it's cheap. <laughs> it's very cheap. Um, I I work on the road full time uh, when the world is not on fire. So I uh, I travel for a living. So I unfortunately am a man of thirty three living with his parents. Nice. Which oh god, it is. It's just doing wonders for my social life and my sex life. Uh, but like I. I still live in the neighborhood that I grew up in. My mom moved six blocks, not even avenues, six blocks from her mom when she bought a house the first time. And uh, my parents still live there. They bought it when I was in second grade. And it's my mailing address. When I'm not on the road, it's where I'm where I'm at. <laughs> I was thinking today, I was like, I have to clean my bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> Mom's um, got company coming over. No, like, so I, I mean, it's not a small house. It's a four bed, two bath, two story house. And my parents gave me the top floor when I was a kid. Yeah. Cause I'm a spoiled only child. Mm-hmm. So I've always had like my own space in the house. It's always felt like my own apartment. I just don't have a kitchen up there. It's just, I think everyone should get out of their comfort zone. You need to go places and do things and have experiences that aren't where you're from like they they need to be different and it helps shape your mind it helps shape your world i um when the first chance i got to go to college all right that sounds wrong the first chance i got when i got to leave for college i got the fuck out of ohio i, I mean i moved to florida which isn't exactly the best but i left ohio of the south it uh florida is the florida of everywhere <laughs> <laughs> um uh, I've I moved to, I moved to Tampa, Florida, which is like um, I don't even know what city to describe it as. So, uh, if Miami is the New York City of the South, and Tampa, Florida is like the Baltimore. <laughs> oh, 
I did not expect Baltimore. I mean, Baltimore, right, the DC. It's a pretty good city. You know, there, there are there's money coming in. You know, there's not a whole lot of violent crime. It's beautiful. There's like, uh, there's infrastructure. There's water. You know, you're near a beach, but you're not on a beach. You like, you could do things. And I got and I you know I got to meet people from all around the world. Like, and I think. I think the stat when I was there was 32 states and 14 or 15 countries were represented by the student population. That didn't mean that I met people from 32 states and 14 countries, but like it was like the opportunity was there. And like we, we were multicultural. So like people didn't look the same. People didn't always speak the same language. I mean, everyone spoke English because it was a requirement because everything was taught in English, but like mm-hmm. not everyone's first language was English. Yep. Um, and this was 2006. So, like, that's the first time I'd met an Asian person from Asia. Like, mm-hmm. that was the first time I'd, like, met, you know, uh, a person of Indian descent from, like, Sri Lanka or, like, Pakistan or any of those places where, you know, it's cool. I just, I would not have had an opportunity to meet those people, you know, in a social situation before that. I got to, you know, learn new things and travel and just, like, and meet and hang out with people and... I met some people from like the Northeast, like Jersey and Delaware and Rhode Island, and those are all three trash accents. And like just and Boston and New York and Maine. Oh, Mainers are weird. They've got this weird thousand yard stare that if you don't talk, like if you stop talking to someone from Maine long enough, they'll just go in this thousand yard stare like they're watching a Stephen King novel play out in front of their eyes. Uh, I know some people from Vermont, <laughs> and I would describe them the same way. Yeah, uh, they they've seen some shit that they're not talking about. <laughs> you want someone to keep a secret? Go to Vermont, <laughs> New Hampshire, or Maine. Um, <laughs> it's quite a lot of re- quite a lot since the first time you left Cleveland. Uh, I like that you mentioned the bubble. Yeah. You know, you had you were in this bubble. You left the bubble, and you know you got thirty two states and. 14 countries, they all also left their bubbles. Yeah. Assumedly. And so we, we all came together to create a community. And yeah, it becomes your own little bubble. And then I joined, then I have my bubble, my friends group, and then my fraternity, and then like my social organizations. But like you bounce around, you meet people, you do things. You, all your bubbles, all your bubbles coalesce. Yeah. And they kind of overlap with one another. Yeah. And so like I, I left one community and admittedly where I grew up is very insular. It's very, it's a very tight knit community. It's very small. Uh, I'm from the East side of Cleveland. Like Clevelanders know that for some reason we do not cross the river. If you're from the West side, you stay your ass on the West side. If you're from the East side, you stay your ass on the East side. You do not cross that river. Uh, <laughs> I went to a high school where almost 85% of the kids and yeah, it was a private school. 85% of the kids were from the East side of Ohio, of like Cleveland, Ohio. Mm-hmm. Like, from Minor to Twinsburg. And like, yep. But then you would have almost no one from like Fairview Park. You left home. You brought your bubble. You bring your bubble with you. Yeah. In a, in a way. Yeah, I brought my bubble and my buttercup. You experienced all blossom. these other bubbles. Yeah. And then you, you came back home mm-hmm. a few times, but you're back home now. So your bubble is different than when you left. Yeah. So what I leave. Uh, Go ahead. <laughs> when you come back with a bubble that's changed and grown in, in, a, in a positive way. Mm-hmm. Um, you see people whose bubble is the exact same as when you left it. Yeah. Um, for better or for worse, there are people whose lives, their 
they've made a life for themselves. They're very happy. They, they've got their friends. They've got their family. They've got their routine. They've got what makes them happy. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, they might want to go out and do things, you know, every now and again, but their lifestyle is not the same as mine. Um, I think everyone needs to get away from where they grew up. You, you, you need to, you need to leave where you grew up. You need to go live somewhere else. You need to go experience somewhere else. Even if you just move to a, to a slightly different city for a little while, you need to go somewhere else. Um, they should go experience new things and meet new people and, you know, go eat places that you can't eat at home. There are so many restaurants that I, there, and I talk about eating a lot because like, I'm a big foodie. Mm-hmm. Um, I love I love eating places that you can't get at home. There, there's just something cool about going to a restaurant. Like, I can never get this back home. Like, yeah. I can't Uber Eats this. I can't, like, overnight this. I have to, I can only eat this right here, right now. Yeah, that's a nice... That's a nice thing in any region of life, not just food. Something that, like, you know, you participate. Participate. Stop worrying about what's going to happen tomorrow. Stop worrying about what happened yesterday. Participate right now. Enjoy the food that you're getting right now. Um, Enjoy the movie that you're watching right now. Get off your phone. Enjoy Uh, this walk. Stuff like that. (laughs) The last movie I saw in theater. No, not the last one. The last movie I remember seeing in theaters was Avengers Endgame because I had a hangover. Oh, yeah, what a time. Um, and I had not seen any of the ones leading up to it. Jesus. So No, I t- so I saw the Edward Norton Hulk. I saw Iron Man 1. I saw Black Panther for the culture. And then I saw Avengers Endgame. And there was a couple nerds sitting not too far from me. Like I walked in, I had like a big thing of popcorn, my nachos with the cheese, and I did my popcorn and the, and the cheese, and it was so good, so good, yum, yum, yum. Um, and then um, the movie's going on, and Paul Rudd appears, and I go, is that fucking Paul Rudd? And I just hear this sad, audible sigh, I'm just like, uh. <sighs> and I could tell it took all this kid had to not explain to me why Paul Rudd was in the movie. <laughs> And then for the next, he's Ant Man. For the next three and a half hours, because that it, that movie takes forever. That I don't know how anyone watches any of those more than once because they are all nineteen hours long. Mm-hmm. Like you can drive to Kansas faster. Uh, I was just on my phone going, "Now who's this?" Uh, apparently, Terrible. yeah. Um, Tilda Swinton's in it. Apparently, mm-hmm. didn't know that. Um, She's some Asian lady. Yeah, which wild. <laughs> um, they changed Hulks. I didn't know that. Uh, I thought I thought Terrence Howard was in it, but he's not. That uh, he's Don. Che- that's Don Cheadle now. Yeah. Uh, oh, the big thing is um, I. <laughs> Why did you even see this movie? Because it was the first one playing. Oh. Um, but there's a scene that still bothers me. Um, it happens because um, Spider Man and Iron Man look at each other, and and Spider Man looks at Iron Man like they were fucking for years. And they, he missed that good daddy dick. And, and I look at that and I go, Gwyneth Paltrow, get your house in order. <laughs> that <laughs> child is getting fucked by your husband. And Damn. you need to do something about it. Like, maybe put him down. Psychologically, sure. Daddy, he's, I mean, Peter Parker's got some daddy issues. I, I mean, yeah, because his daddy keeps dying. I saw I saw the, Into the Spider-Verse. His dad's a cop in that one. Yeah. And he's brown. As they should be. <laughs> okay. uh, yeah, there are brown spiders. <laughs> no, I was talking about the cop. 
bag. Ooh. You want to step down off that soapbox? You're very tall as, as is. What? That if you're going to put a cop in a movie, make him black? That's 101 right there. Uh, yeah. No more white cops in movies. You fucking kidding me? Uh, there's a there's a thing in film language where you um, you tell people that they need to respect this black person by making them like one of four professions. So they're mm-hmm. like, a, they're a judge, they're a principal, they're a lawyer. Uh, and it's just like, there's another one where, where we always get stuck in. Uh, and it, it falls into the magical Negro trope, which I was explaining to my mom. I was like, yeah, mag- yeah, the magical Negro thing. And she was like, the what now? And I was like, uh, think of think of like a movie where like there's just uh, and it's not it's not just magical Negro now. Now it's like all magical ethnicities who's there yeah. to help further the story why by um, making some stupid white person's life easier. Okay, it's that's very interesting. You bring that up because I under, I I never heard of this, but I immediately understand how this how this framework has come into has yeah. come into fruition. Um, it's really funny because I assume all of that stuff started as a as an effort to increase representation. And, yeah, you know, but instead of writing, but instead of going, oh, I can just cast this character that has no no characteristics necessary to their race of being someone outside of their race, they're just like, ooh, uh, let me just create this this magic Negro who's going to solve all the problems. Like uh, two examples that come to mind: Viola Davis and The Help. And Morgan Freeman. Well, she and, regrets making that movie. <laughs> I mean, she got her Oscar. Yeah. Get your flowers, bitch. Get your flowers. Uh, and Morgan Freeman and uh, is it Evan Almighty? No. Um, Bruce Almighty. Bruce Almighty. He's literally God. What was the voice? I mean, he's God, but like Morgan Freeman deserved to be God at least <laughs> once with that fucking voice. He played God before he played the president of the United States. <laughs> <laughs> so... What's that say? Oh, the the president's almost always a black guy now too. Uh yeah, we 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 love we love a black male president. But it's no, but it, I mean, I'm still caught. It's really interesting you say that because that's it's. But it could it could be I I equally valid argument that it's a good thing that principals and doctors and lawyers are play real black people now. Yes, yes, it is. It is a good thing, but like. They are always super. They are usually very one-dimensional characters. Is like I'm very strong. I'm very moral and upright. Sure, and it doesn't show. They're not the main character. It's not the main character. It's also not a a fully fleshed out character. Their characteristics is I am a strong black person who's upstanding in my community. They're an archetype. Yeah, they're they're there to play the archetype. And like yes, yes, we are glad that we have that to balance out all of the Tyler Perry. Oh my god! But. Tyler Perry is a, is another magic negro. Medea, that is a he's a magic negro in real life. Yeah, that okay. dude runs a cult. Uh, you know what? We don't talk about Tyler Perry because I might need that work soon. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm gonna go here drink the Kool Aid. Um, get your flowers, bitch. Uh, <laughs> I want you to title this episode "Get Your Flowers, Bitch." <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think of like uh, oh. Um, We've all we've had the magic Asian for years before we had yeah. the magic Negro because whenever the model minority, whenever a white person has to learn karate, you get yourself a magic Asian. Um, We're not going to learn karate from a Jew. <laughs> wow. Okay. Unless <laughs> it's the Matrix. In that case, but Lawrence Fishburne <laughs> was again a magic Negro. This I've actually full. I've never seen any of the Matrix. Is Morpheus not? Like an like a three D character, 
Um, is he literally just there to like to be like the hey? I, here's how we're gonna start the movie. I think he's a 3D character. I've only seen it once. I think he's a 3D character because the Wachowskis directed that film very well, and they wrote that film very well. I've 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 listened to more interviews about that movie than I've actually seen them. Like I've yeah. maybe seen 20 minutes of that movie. I I mean. <laughs> You're probably gonna want to watch it because they've got two more coming out this year. Didn't um, I'm pretty sure Roger Deakins shot that movie. Mm-hmm. Roger Deakins shot that movie, and it was that it was like they that was like the first time they used like a shit ton of cameras to film the action scenes, and they that's how they got the 360. They invented bullet time. Yeah, so that yeah, Roger Deakins did that. Yeah, they invented so many things. Somebody fact. I mean, it, Jeremy, you can fact check me on that, but I'm pretty positive. That's fine. I, I mean, no, for, that sounds pretty good to me. For the year, it was like it was very revolutionary, you mm-hmm. know. And then Huge. they created two more that we didn't ask for. Yeah, this and one, a, this next third. one seems as promising as any Fast and Furious movie. You It'll know, be a, people will go watch it. Fast and Furious is another one. Um, the Rock is a magic Samoan <laughs> in all films he's in. Well, he's. I mean, he's a. Uh, the, he's the only Samoan. Um, he's so. If you're gonna need it, if you're gonna get a magic Samoan, you gotta get the Rock. <laughs> yeah, I mean, or you could just have a person of Samoan descent, <laughs> in in a in a character role. What are you talking about? I mean, if there's a Samoan person, they could just be in a character role. They don't have to be like this magic Samoan who's like this mystic. He, he's a main character in every movie. He's yeah, in. he is a main character. Now name another Samoan. I can't. So are you asking him not to take not to take work? He literally none of the right none of the roles are written for him as a Samoa, and they're written as as action star. Right. Yeah. I the would, reason that his characters are Samoan is because he is Samoan. Yeah. I, so like I, that that's the only reason. Is this that, a negative thing? No. Well, yes, it is. It is a negative thing. Going there, are, there are literally no roles going. This character. Is Samoan, or there's there's no representation of Samoans on screen. Like that's what I'm saying. Like, so yeah, the the movies are not about, but like, okay, so the fucking like disaster, like okay, any disaster movie stars The Rock. Mm-hmm. They write that disaster movie by the numbers, t- checking all the boxes to make sure people go see it. Do you see, um, you got adding The Rock is just one of those boxes. Like, yeah, he's the biggest movie star. Throw The Rock in there. Yeah. I mean the rock. The rock is so rich and so well known that he has transcended gender, sexuality, and race. Like yes. So now he just happens to be a an a uh, corporation that that is built. He's a business. Yeah, he's a business that's like built is sort of brown and covered in tattoos. And it's yeah, a perfect movie star. Yeah. like Blake <laughs> yeah. Griffin. Sucks. Blake Griffin never got that good at basketball. <laughs> Because he would have been the he could have easily been the face that dude is ambiguous as fuck. That is, I was once called <laughs> ethnically ambiguous by a casting director, and that was the moment I was like, I so I was living in New York City, and it was January or February, so like I wasn't getting a whole lot of sun. I do get lighter if I'm not constantly in the sun, and they took a picture that was way too bright of me up against a very white background. So I was reading as ethnically ambiguous and I was like, yeah, I can see how, you know, if you guys don't know how to do lighting, then yes, I, my race changes. And then, um, 
And it's like, well, honestly, if I'm if I'm a background actor, they're not going to light for my skin. They're going to light for whoever the, the main star is for the day. So, yes, I will be ethnically ambiguous because Matt Damon needs way more bright light than I do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is, I mean, that's a whole other issue, like light, learning how to light for everyone. It, oh, yeah. yeah. You got to know how to, anybody who wants to be a cinema, you got to know how to light black people now. Yeah. <laughs> I know you, I, you I gotta, that it's you gotta, now. <laughs> yeah, right. You you got to make them happy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, a woman once complained about when I was doing her, doing a portrait for her at my old job. She was like, so do you know how to light a black woman's hair? And I was like, do I know how to take a picture of a black woman? She goes like, yeah. Like, I've seen some of the work y'all do. And I was like, don't worry, I got you. And I, like, I changed some of the, she was like, oh, you going to change lighting? Is that we going to do? I'm not just going to say we go. So we took the picture. She looks. She goes, "Oh, that's not bad." And I was like, "Yeah, I'm a fucking professional. <laughs> I've been doing this for more than a day. I've been doing this three days." Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, get out of your bubble. Like, go experience something new. Um, like, no like th- t- take a picture of a black lady. Get leave your yes. hometown. Find a black lady. Take a picture of. Her. Learn how to light that bitch. Get her, <laughs> get her her flowers. Even if she doesn't want to do it, take her aside. Like yo. Let me get them highlights and lowlights, Sarah. Compliment her nails. Mm. <laughs> don't touch her hair. <laughs> I think we can all agree on um, don't don't touch women's hair, regardless. Don't of touch race. anybody's hair. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, I know. Um, I will always touch a white girl with dreads hair. I just want to feel it. I saw a white dude with dreads. Uh, magnificent dreads. He's been working on these way before it wasn't cool. <laughs> They've never been cool. <laughs> <laughs> There's never been a time where I've seen like a white person with dreads. I was like, oh my God, I'm going to love your opinion. Someone get this guy some flowers. <laughs> <laughs> you want to come hang out? Let's talk. <laughs> uh, my first tattoo came from a stoned white dude with dreads while his girlfriend shotgunned weed into a puppy's face in the corner. And I'm upset that this was a legitimate shop in Pittsburgh. <laughs> Damn. That's so sad. Bye, doggy. Bye. <laughs> All right. To get back in the focus of the interview. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Um, get me my flowers. <laughs> if you if you hadn't left Cleveland, what do you think your life would be like? Mm, it's like the, the statement of like ignorance and stupidities. Like um, ignorance is not knowing you don't know something. Sure. So, like, they're they're ignorant of a world that they don't know exists. So, like, it's not it's not their fault. They they haven't had the experience that I have to see a different part of the world, and for whatever reasons, they just haven't had that. Like, now, there's willful 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 ignorance where you choose right. to not experience the world. Like, problem. Yeah, like I think if you don't have the opportunity to leave your your space, but you you know you are learning, you are like you are attempting to meet new people, you are meeting people who aren't in the bubble you grew up in, who aren't of the same space or same backgrounds, and you know you're meeting them on a level of just like, oh, this is interesting. Like not like a not like you're like oh I'm studying you, but like which I've I've met some people who come from money who like to study people who aren't. Go down to yeah. South America, yeah. do yeah. some ayahuasca, oh, learn how to, be, learn how to play God. the drums. So I used to work for a cruise line. This was a million lifetimes ago. I worked for a cruise line, and we would go to Honduras 
um, as one of our stops. And the first time I went to Honduras, I like looked around and I was like, this place is beautiful. And um, there was a group hanging out at the res. They were hanging out at a bar near the resort that my cruise line owned. And it was the first, like you had to walk to the bar to get to the resort. Um, or you had to walk past the bar. And I stopped at the bar because the bar. <laughs> and uh, I was talking to them and they're like, yeah, we're all on, um, we're all on a mission trip to Honduras. We're like high schoolers. And it was like right then and there. I was like, so everyone that everyone on like a mission trip was for first of all, it's bullshit. Cause you're forcing your religion on other people. Secondly, yeah. fuck you. You went to this <laughs> country that was doing just fine. You know what they wanted your money. They wanted, you know, the money to do things themselves. They don't need you to come in and yeah. send a, a group of shitty teenagers to like, who build a wall that they're going to have to rebuild in three weeks because you did it wrong. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. Oh, you mean you mean teenagers don't build the best houses? You mean Christian missions are are doing more harm than good? No, no, Jesus was a carpenter, yeah. so it's only right. Yeah, Jesus was also a Middle Eastern Jew. You're damn right he was. Yeah. Well, I am. I love that we keep portraying him as like this big bulky white dude. But you don't. I bet you do love that. Yeah, he's, he's such a. I big bet there's just pictures of Jesus all over your bedroom, mm-hmm. your childhood bedroom, baby. <laughs> right next to the race car bed. Yeah. Oh God, I wish I had a race car. Me bed too. I was, I was always so jealous. I, I had a bed that was like shaped like something, and then I. So like I didn't grow. Like I'm not very tall, but I hit a weird growth spurt, and my mom was like, "Oh." Because my dad's very tall, and the men on his side of the family are very tall. So she's like, oh, you're growing a little. You're probably going to outgrow this. Let's just get you a real bed. Damn. And man. then I didn't keep growing. <laughs> Damn. That's a good place to stop. <laughs> Plug your shit again. Uh, so you can find me on the social media. My personal Twitter is Life's a Party. Oh, no, no, that one was stolen from me. My personal Twitter is Funny Dwayne Duke. That's D-W-A-Y-N-E-D-U-K-E. Um, my Instagram is Funny Dwayne. Um, I am the executive producer of the Midwest Queer Comedy Festival, uh, happening in Cleveland, October 11th through the 17th, 2021. That's next week. It would really be amazing if you bought pre-sale tickets so that we know if we need to add shows or, you know, um, add seats when available. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun. The main venue is at Tremont Public Works in Tremont, Ohio. A uh, huge shout out to uh, this podcast producer and our sponsor, uh, Golden Ox. They are helping us out so much. Um, what else? What else? If you are in Cleveland, you can catch me every Monday at Twist Social Club. I run a show there at 9 p.m. on Mondays. It is usually a lot of fun. Uh and I'm recording my third album this December, so it'd be really awesome if you checked out the first two, Drunk in a Basement and Shame Flashbacks. Get out of your bubble a little bit. Yeah. Get a new perspective. Go pick your bubble. <laughs> That's gross. <laughs> what? That's gross? What'd you say? <laughs> go pick your bubble. Oh, go pick your... I thought you said butthole. I said bubble, but I meant butthole. <laughs> It was, it was intended to be dirty. That is The Floss. If you liked part one and two of this feature episode, you can watch full, raw, uncut video footage of the recording session by subscribing to our Patreon at patreon.com slash theflosspod. I edit the shit out of these episodes, so you're going to get a ton of content that you don't get in the free version.
Every episode of The Floss is recorded at Golden Ox Studio in Cleveland, Ohio. If you live in Cleveland and you need to say something into a microphone for any reason at all, do it at Golden Ox Studio. Jeremy's awesome, he cares a lot about Cleveland, and he'll give a huge shit about whatever you're making. I'm Gabe Gary, and thank you very much.